This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Buying a home is probably one of the most expensive and yet coolest things you could ever do. I'm John Gescheidmeyer, I'm your host of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, and today I am joined by our Director of Agent Experience, Stacy Gazanik. Stacy, welcome. Thanks, John. I'm very excited to be here. We're going to talk a little bit about buying a home today, and we're going to make this a, a two-part series. And you'll join us regularly to talk about buying issues and things like that. We've uh, recently had Dave Colasari from Homesite Home Inspections in to talk uh, about the home inspection process. And so it only makes sense that we maybe even take a, a step back and talk about what it takes to buy a home, all the do's and don'ts. And today we're going to talk about buyer agency. In its simplest term, uh, but let's do this. Before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you, your experience um, you've been in real estate for a long time. I started in real estate in 2005 and I started with a company that was called Home Buyers Realty Corporation. And I love my buyers. Don't get me wrong, I like my sellers. But there is nothing that brings me more joy than having a buyer purchase a home while they're smiling because I helped them out with that. I have to tell you, I love the buyer process, but as you know, I don't do as many buyer, I don't really represent as many buyers as I used to. Um, but of course, I bought my first house, I believe when I was 24 years old. I was in law enforcement at the time and I bought a duplex. I lived in there for a while, saved a lot of money. I brought a roommate with me when I lived on the east side of Milwaukee. And it was just, a, it was the best thing I ever did. And then I started buying more properties. And so I started investing in real estate. Um, after 25 years, I finally sold my last one uh, late last year. But there's a lot that goes into the buyer process. Um, and I know, because we do a lot together, you, you have a preference for buyers. You enjoy getting them to that finish line. I do, I love my buyers. Some people steer away from them and I just, I've been doing it for what, 15, almost 15 years or 15 years and the process for me is easy and simple, smooth. It's not the first time I've done it. I've seen the hiccups. I've seen the landmines. There's a lot of emotion when people are buying a home. So that is why I step in and say, okay, look, let's take a step back and your wants versus your needs. We have to weigh this out. People appreciate that. So in part two, we're going to get into the emotional side of things. Uh, we have a little bit of today as well in this podcast, but we're going to go into all of the things that a buyer really needs to take into account other than contractual. Today, we want to talk contractual. Um, but let's start by explaining the roles of realtors. Most realtors that I know of, our company, other companies, kind of have dual roles. 
They are buyer's agents and they're also listing agents. So let's talk a little, uh, let's talk about the representation and we're gonna, that'll jump us into the buyer agency agreement itself. Now, if you're listening to, to this podcast and you're not in Wisconsin, um, this is still going to apply to you, but things might be a little bit different. We also have to say that we're not attorneys and that you get legal advice from attorneys. We practice law. We're authorized to do that as licensees governed by the state of Wisconsin and the Department of, of Safety and Professional Services. They, they oversee us, but we're limited in what we can do. And I think too, and we'll talk about this in the upcoming uh, episodes, uh, but we'll talk about when it's time to involve an attorney as well. So nonetheless, um, if you're a listed agent, where does your fiduciary responsibility lie? And I think that's important to start there. It lies with the seller. Your job is to represent the seller, quite, quite frankly. Correct. Quite simply. Yes. When a buyer, and, and we, we look at all the different ways that buyers find properties. Buyers find properties online, whether through you know, a Remax site or similar from another company. They might go to a Zillow or Trulia or to a Realtor.com. Those are third-party sites, as we call them. And sometimes they just click on buttons, thinking that they're going to the listing agent. They also think, well, I'm going to go to the listing agent because if that listing agent brings in the buyer, they're going to be able to give the seller a better deal. And that usually isn't the case. Right. No. And that's where buyers are don't understand that I'm going to go to the listing agent because I'm going to be able to get a better deal because that listing agent knows everything about the seller. Well, and they might go to another motivation might be they go directly to the listing agent because they figure the listing agent knows more about the property. Correct. And, and that could be the case in many cases, right? The, the, I mean, the listing agent should know the most about the property compared to the buyer's agent, but you've been in real estate for years and we won't say how many, we won't, more than me. <laughs> um, but the whole idea about bringing in a buyer's agent is because, and we'll transfer to the buyer side of things, when you come in with a buyer's agent, that buyer agent represents you. If you have a buyer agency agreement, and we're gonna go through that in a little bit, because there's a lot of really cool things that someone should know if they're considering hiring a buyer's agent. When a buyer goes to the listing agent, there's something that happens when they're shown the property by the buyer's or by the listing agent, when they start gathering information and communicating with the buyer. And we have a word for that in our industry and it's called procuring cause. Explain that in layman's terms. If I'm buying a home, I get referred to you. We're talking about the benefits of using a buyer's agent with a buyer agency signed, that agreement signed. How do you explain that to people? The buyer's agency? is it's protecting you because now I'm protecting your fiduciary responsibilities. An interest. An interest, yes. You don't get that when you go to a listing agent. When you go to the listing agent, the listing agent has um, an obligation to treat you ethically and fairly, but the listing agent can't tell you or advise you on price. Correct. They can't advise you on all of the things that a buyer agent, that a buyer's agent can. And we'll get into that as we go through what the buyer agency representation agreement specifically states. But, you know, one of the answers that I get when a buyer comes to me is, or one of the questions I should say I usually get is, 
well, what, what price do you think the, the, the seller will accept? You know, let's say the property is listed at 200000 And they'll ask, well, what, what will they really accept? You know, my answer is always, well, I know they'll accept 200000 Right. And that's all I say. And they might say, well, you know, um, you know, if you were representing us, what would you, what would you offer? I can't answer that, right? I can't answer that because I don't represent you. I represent my seller. It's my job to make sure that the seller gets the best offer with as many um, contingencies in their favor or less contingencies. And it's my job to make sure that I'm, that I'm doing that. You and I recently worked a transaction where uh, it was my listing and buyer walked into the office and said, hi, I'd like to make an offer on that property. Well, we could have, write, we could have written it right there, but in all fairness and in good faith, you know, I knew you were going out there within about an hour, and I said, well, can you run out there now? Right. right. You should really see this property before you, before you buy it. Um, and then you were able to represent that buyer, and, and it was a great sale. So I think it's important that, that anybody that's considering buying a home that listens to this understands upfront what, what everybody's responsibilities are. And there's another thing I want to cover before we get into the contract, and that's a disclosure to customer and a disclosure to client. It's our job to tell people if we don't represent them as a listing agent, hey, I just want to let you know there's this form. It's called a disclosure to customers. You're a customer. I don't represent you. I'm representing the seller, but you are still a customer. And here's, here's the things I can do and not do for you. And, and I know that agents don't do that. It is their obligation under licensing law to, to disclose. Absolutely. The disclosure to a client occurs during either a listing contract or the buyer agency agreement. Yes. They then kind of graduate from a customer to a client, if that makes sense, right? Yes. So let's go into the WB36 buyer agency agreement. Now, I think it's important to recognize if you are looking at this form as you, as you research this podcast, uh, or I shouldn't say as you listen to it, maybe research this form, we don't, we're not going to talk too much about tenant representation. It's not something we do here. Uh, we can certainly cover that in a different uh, podcast, but I think the majority of people that would listen to this and the majority of the people that we represent in our firm um, are buying a home. Right? So let's talk a little bit about that. It specifically says on line one, the exclusive authority to act as buyer's agent. And then it uses the, the term client. So it really, I mean, we set it up nicely, I think, to give people an idea, uh, laying the groundwork, if you will, the, the, the foundation for this form. Um, it identifies a purchase price. And then if you come to the agent with properties you've already seen, those are called excluded properties. Talk a little bit about what that means. What an excluded property is, is if a buyer comes to me and we're going over this buyer's agency contract, I would say, have you seen any properties with any other agent, whether it was an open house, a scheduled showing that you scheduled with another agent, and then what we do is we would put those addresses in the excluded properties because they have already seen the property with another agent. And that's procuring costs. We talked about that earlier, 
and um, some of the listeners may know this. I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but I sit, uh, I am a member of the Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors Ethics and Professional Standards Committee. And we unfortunately hear a lot of cases between agents on compensation that deal with procuring cause. Procuring cause is who essentially caused the property to be sold, right? So if my marketing brings a buyer in as a listing agent and I show them the property, oftentimes more than once, you know, they, they want mom or dad to come back and look at it, you know, a young couple buying their first property. That happens a lot, right? That's always a good thing. Um, well, yes, except, you know, sometimes dads know everything, right? Dads do know everything. Um, so we have to work through that. <laughs> but, you know, we want people to make informed decisions, right? So they bring back people. But sometimes I might show it once, twice, and then we start corresponding. And then this very uncomfortable moment occurs when people say, oh, maybe I should have brought in my own agent. Or, you know, we were working with an agent in the past, we, we don't want to ever step on anybody's toes. We, we, we have, and we make it very well known in our firm that we want to work with everybody. But to your point, we want to identify those properties in the buyer agency agreement that other agents have already shown. They have procured cause. And you know, then we'll ask, have you, read, have you written an offer on any one of those? And if the answer is yes, that's definitely an excluded property. I believe it's up to a year. Um, and that's in the next section, excluded properties subject to a prior agreement. So let's look, um, let's look at compensation. That's a question that we get all, a, a lot. I who like pays, this one. Who pays the buyer's agent generally in Wisconsin? Who pays the buyer's agent is the seller most of the time. If the property is listed in the MLS and you have an agreement with the, and if the listing agent has an agreement with the seller, obviously, we get paid from that seller's listing agent's firm. So we have what's called a cooperative agreement within MLS that if we're members of the MLS and that's advertised, and it's usually in this area, 2.4%, other parts of the state could be a little bit less, could be 3%, then that's what you get paid, you know, for the most part, right. upon a successful sale. Now there is something, let's talk, let's talk about this for a second. Um, a lot of firms, including some of our agents, will also charge a buyer agency fee. And not everybody does it. Um, it is a fee that covers some of the costs of doing business, mileage, time, materials, whatever it may be, the agent may charge that. So if you are not considering, well, I shouldn't even say that, if you're considering a buyer's agent, it is one of the questions to ask. Absolutely. Do you charge an additional fee? Right, and they have to be up and upfront and honest about it. Um, on the second page, though, it talks about the firm's duties, and the firm, of course, is the listing agent. Um, they work for a firm. Remember that your buyer's agency agreement and your listing contract in Wisconsin is with the broker. It's not with the individual agent, and I don't think a lot of people know that. <clears throat> if the buyer's agency uh, or if the buyer's agent would leave the firm. Technically, your agreement is with the broker, so they could reassign you to somebody else, although that generally doesn't occur. You know, if somebody leaves, they go to a different company, you know, we, we, we might honor that, but, but I think it's important that people understand that as well. Um, and then below that on page two, it talks about disclosure to clients. And when I, 
summarize this one if you could, Stacy, because it really delineates what, what our responsibilities are to our client. Remember, you've gone from a customer who's just looking at homes or maybe looked at a home with you, and we represented the seller. Maybe we should talk about that too. Without a buyer agency agreement, who do you represent if you're showing me as a buyer? You technically represent the seller. The seller. So the, the, one of the huge advantages of hiring a buyer's agent and getting a contract between the two of you is you're committing to us, we're committing to you. We're going to give you everything we've got, and you're going to exclusively work with us. And that includes a for sale by owner, too. If you find a property on your own, we can negotiate that. They may or may not pay a 2.4% commission, but I've never found a, buy, a for sale by owner that has not paid the agent. I have never either. Um, they're happy that you know, these people are represented. But in that section, disclosure to client, just briefly talk a little bit about what that, what that says, that section says. Well, in the disclosure to the clients, there is, I break it down like this. Now we owe duties to both parties, clients and customers. So we have to keep things confidential when we're told to give things comp confidential to the seller and to the buyer. But as a buyer's agent, it just takes a, more steps a little bit further. So I say right up front, you know, we're gonna go look at these properties and then you're gonna ask me, what do you think is a good price for this house? And I'm going to tell you, if you want me to gather up facts for you, why don't we just put it out there right now that you want me to gather facts, data, and let's sit down and come up with a price. A home is worth whatever anybody is willing to pay for it, obviously, but we'll do it together. I'm, so then it's all out there. But also we're going to negotiate the property for you. We're gonna negotiate the home inspection for you. And we're not going to put the firm's interest, my interest, or anybody else's interest in front of yours. It's our fiduciary responsibility to get you into this home. And sometimes people forget that in our industry, and it's sad to say that. Um, think about this scenario, and this happens. You don't have a buyer agency agreement as a buyer. And a buyer goes to the listing agent figuring they're going to get some type of leg up, right? Some advantage. Right. And now they write the offer. And then another offer comes in. Um, the seller has to understand that, yes, the, 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 the agent who represents me, the seller, also wrote an offer for the buyer. But at the same time, I'm, I'm getting another offer from somebody else. They have to put those equal. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, now the buyer might say, well, yeah, but the commission is between the seller and the agent. We have nothing to do with it. Right. You know, we might have an advantage that way. I, I haven't found that to be really the case. And what I've found is that without a buyer agency, sometimes you get lost in the shuffle a little bit too. But regardless, it's our job to tell you, I would pay this for this. Because that's a big thing. We can run those comparables. We can tell you. We can advise you on what to pay. And the other big part is that we will inspect the property on your behalf. 
with you, independent. You know, we're in, doing a lot of virtual showings in, in this, this pandemic as this is being recorded. Absolutely. But that's not going to last forever. Uh, but it's our, it's our fiduciary responsibility to make sure that we're also identifying what we call material adverse facts. You know, obvious issues that maybe you don't see. And if we work for the seller, it's not my job necessarily to point out every little nook and cranny. I still have to point out the major things in the home. Even if you're walking in as a listing agent, I got to do that. But it's just, it gets, it gets messy, right? Well, basically at this point in the contract, what I tell everybody is because it's a seven page contract. So now we have all these papers and we're going over the disclosures, the duties. So if you are going to the listing agent and you want to write an offer, yeah, you can ask them, can you give me some data on, on what's sold or on what? Yes, the, obviously they, they have to do that. But when it comes to it, they're going to hand you the offer to purchase, go over it with you. Here you go. And then they take it to the seller and the seller wants to counter it. So then the listing agent's going to come back to you and say, well, here's the counter. And as a buyer, you really don't know what you're doing. Well, what does this really mean? Well, I can read to you what it means. As a buyer's agent, when they come back with a counter, oh, well, this is, you know, they, they've gone $5,000 above, so I don't know if it'll appraise out. I can tell you that. A listing agent, if you don't ask them, they're not gonna tell you that. They're just gonna shuffle the papers. Now, it is important to note that Let's say uh, I have a buyer, Jim and Jenna, right? Jim and Jenna want to, for some reason, they call me to look at properties. And this has happened where they said, no, we want you to show us properties and we want you to, you know, we want to use you, but I don't want to sign a buyer agency agreement. So there's restrictions on what I, what I can do for them. Correct. Can't advise them a price. We talked about that already. The second one is if I write an offer, I'm, I'm really representing the seller. So when the listing agent calls me and says, hey, John, I see on your offer, which is right on line one, line one, who you represent, I see you don't represent the buyer. You represent the seller here. Is that correct? And I've, by the way, I've made these calls as a listing agent. And as you can imagine, I get uh, kind of the question mark on the other side. They don't know what to do. <laughs> But, I'll, but as a listing agent, maybe I'll just shift to that. As a listing agent, then I say, hey, I see that you, uh, you represent the seller. And they say, well, no, I don't. No, yeah, you do. Do you have a buyer agency agreement in place with the buyer? And they'll say, no. I'll say, great, you represent the seller. So you wrote the offer for 230000 The property is listed at two forty. Do you think they'll pay two forty? And then the buyer agents, does not, they don't know how to they respond. Right. No, they don't. Because they don't have a buyer agency agreement they have a fiduciary responsibility to tell me, well, yeah, I think I can get them, I can get them up to 240. Whereas at the bottom of page three in the, in the buyer agency agreement, it specifically states confidentiality notice to clients. What they tell you in confidence stays in confidence. Because if, if I'm the listing agent on a property that you showed, you brought your buyer in, and you have a buyer agency, and I called you and asked you the same question. How would you respond? <laughs> My response to them would be, I don't know if they would. Put, put a counter in offer right. and let's see. Right. And we're, we're negotiating, right? Right. But the funny part is, is you're not going to tell me. No, I would never tell you. Because you can't. No. Um, 
so as we move through this form, you know, confidentiality is obviously a huge thing. Um, on the top page four, a, a big point, which we have to make sure that we also talk about, right? We, we don't discriminate. My job is to get you into the best home based on your budget and your needs. So we, we and we're gonna get into this in the second episode. We're gonna go through the whole process. What we ask people when we meet them, what we wanna know up front. So I won't spoil that. We're gonna get into that. But That's just know- That's the good one. That's the good stuff. It is. This one's dry, right? This is the dry stuff, the contractual stuff. But we can't discriminate, right? Absolutely um, not. The one thing we also want to note, and it states in the, in the contract as well, is that the property dimensions that are stated in MLS, um, the acreage, those are all estimates. Now, I've had people come to Wisconsin and buy homes, and they've previously purchased in Illinois, our neighboring state. And they can't understand two things. They can't understand how in Wisconsin an attorney isn't involved in every transaction. And they can't understand why everybody isn't getting surveys because that's standard in those transactions. In Wisconsin, we don't. If you're not sure about the dimensions of the property inside or outside, you have to pay for the survey. I mean, you can write it into your offer that the, that the, that the, you know, that the seller doesn't, seller but that's all negotiated. Right. right, correct. I tell people right there, I'm like, you know, my husband is a contractor and we've built and rehabbed and done a lot of stuff to our own homes, other homes, whatever. If you want to know the size of this room, I can hold, I'll hold the dumb end, as I call it, of the tape measure and you can go across the room because even if I say it's seven feet and it's six and a half, you need to... Uh, you have to verify that. Yeah, you have to verify that. You have to be the one to do that. So a couple more things on the forum, and then I want to wrap this up before we get to part two. And um, we'll get into the, the more fun stuff as it relates to buying a home. But when it comes to uh, sex offenders, we're, we're not authorized. We can't check that for you as a buyer. That's something that's right into the contract. Talk to that point for a second. Well, there's probably sex offenders everywhere, but right in the contract, it gives you the website of where you can go to and check it out. If that is something that you are adamant about or that is something that you really need to know, then you should look that up, go to that website, look it up, and see if this is a place where you'd want to live. So... There's a lot of things that we do as buyer's agents. Once you sign that contract, we have a fiduciary responsibility to work for you. The last point I want to make is that we're also not attorneys. There are times when we think it's important. And, and by the way, tell me if you disagree with this statement. I, so I think some agents get really intimidated when you hear that an attorney may be involved in a real estate transaction. I'm not I'm, now, there are some attorneys that are not fun to work with, and, and I've met a few of them. But for the most part, if you want to have an attorney review all your documents, I could care less. It doesn't matter to me. Most real estate attorneys that I know and that I refer business to will tell you you don't need one unless something unusual happens because of the way Wisconsin's forms are, are written. But, um, hey, I, I think it's a great idea. Now, if you get outside of the bounds of this contract and you want to do something different, then we will recommend that you speak to an attorney first. Absolutely. 
Stacy, thanks for being our guest here. Um, this was awesome. And it does seem like it might be a little bit dry, but in the end, this is the contract that allows us to do all of the really awesome things that we can do to represent a buyer. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time, your insight, and, and uh, sharing your experiences. Thanks, John. It's been my pleasure. Part two, we're gonna dive into the fun stuff about buying a home. This episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.